Hi there. This is Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire. And this is the Love to Tell the Story podcast. All throughout Holy Scripture, our God is described to us in a great many ways. But I have to say that for me, one of the most descriptive and powerful images of all is that of God as an eagle. Based on Psalm 91, this is the subject of today's message. And it begins with a few stories of my own, memories of my mother, Sylvia Lowry, who passed away in June of this year. In her memory, and truly in celebration of God's sure and certain promises of life abundant and eternal, this is the message entitled, God the Mother Eagle. Well, folks, let me begin this morning by thanking you in advance for permitting this pastor a little bit of self-indulgence in this pulpit this morning. Uh, it's on my heart to share a few things with you today, and, and, and it's all because, as I'm sure you can all imagine, for me, these past few weeks since my mother passed away, they have not only been filled with a plethora of emotions, uh, some expected and some not so much, but also, I got to tell you, has given rise to a wide array of memories. Now, a lot of that, uh, I know as a pastor, as a person, is part of the grieving process, and that's a good thing, right? But it also has to do with the fact that I have literally just spent the last month in the very place where I grew up, our summer home in Maine, and every day as I'm wandering around this place or I'm at the, at the pond or I'm back in East Willanocket where the house is, I was remembering stuff about my mom that I hadn't thought about in years. <clears throat> For instance, one thing that I was reminded of again and again is of what a fierce protector my mother was to me. Now, you should know that my mother was a fairly gentle person. Also, that neither of my parents were ever what this generation refers to as helicopter parents. Not by a long shot. I was taught from a very early age to stand on my own two feet in this life. I was encouraged to speak for myself boldly, but always politely, mind you. My mother always said, you catch more flies with honey than you can vinegar. And that I should be doing that in dealing with whatever situation in which I found myself. And to ever and always, and I'll bet I heard this one at least a thousand times growing up, to be an individual as opposed to going along with the crowd or taking the path of least resistance in life. But all that said, I must tell you that there were a handful of times and situations over the years when my mother would take her own best advice and throw it to the four winds. Moments when she would immediately and without hesitation swoop in to rescue her baby boy from danger. There was the time, I hadn't thought about this in years. There was the time, it was one winter, I was probably seven or eight years old, 
and I was being bullied by this older kid on a sliding hill in town. It was up by the high school, and I, and I had been up there. I had been picked on, more or less beaten up, by this older kid at the sliding hill. And I had gone home all hurt and scratched and crying. So mom immediately goes up the hill. She seeks this kid out and apparently threatens him to within an inch of his life that if he ever did anything like that to me or anyone else ever again, there would be trouble. My mother was also a substitute teacher, by the way, so trust me here, the kid knew the danger was real. <laughs> and, and then there was kind of a famous story in our family, and I've actually, I think I've told this story before from this pulpit in another context, about the summer day, my friends and I were out on the pond in this very leaky wooden rowboat. And that's a whole other story in itself. And at the same time, there were these other rather snotty, wealthy kids. They'd been staying with their grandparents on the north shore of the pond, and they were out in their very expensive speedboat. And they were horsing around, and they were circling our rowboat over and over again, and they were doing so in top speed, all in the hope of swamping that rowboat in us in the process. Well, suffice to say, that wasn't happening. That is, once Mom arrived in a neighbor's little motorboat to read these kids the riot act, and threatening to call their grandmother, if I remember correctly. Now, full disclosure... My mother used to hate when I told that story. <laughs> she didn't like the way that that story made her look. And I can remember, I think the last time I told it a few years ago here, she said afterwards, oh, why did you have to tell that story again? <laughs> but, and I would tell her, I, I've never forgotten that story, Mom. And nor had I ever forgotten the feeling of relief at having her come to my rescue that day. And besides, and I always would try to get this in, what else does a mother do except love and protect and rescue her children? Thanks be to God for that. Well, like I said, friends, these are the kind of things I'm remembering these days. Now, uh, granted, all the memories aren't like that. Mostly, and I, and I said this at Mom's memorial service, it's the memory of her unfailing love and support all through my life her well-timed words of encouragement, and how, especially in times when things weren't going so great, she would be there with a listening heart and a sympathetic ear. Whether she would have expressed it this way or not, what's true uh, is that from the time I was born, even before, my mother was always my protector and my guardian. As I grew from a child to an adult, she was always a refuge for me. Someone in whom I could find safety and shelter from the dangers of life and, and one whose love and care was ever and always a dwelling place for me. In many ways, friends, she was for me as the mother eagle that is described in our text for this morning, the one that Cindy just shared with us, the one whose faithfulness is a shield and defense. Now, having said all that, I know I'm not unique. 
in feeling this way about my mother. I suspect that probably each one here has similar kind of stories to tell. If not about your mother, but maybe it's about your father or, or maybe your grandparents. Maybe it's someone else amongst your family members or among your friends who has always just, let's say, loomed large in your life. These are the people who have been for you a guard and protector. The people that you know, the relatively few people in in your life that you know for absolute certainty, they'll be there for you no matter what else befalls you in life. And I do hope and pray that each one of you here has somebody in your lives like that. Somebody that you know for yourselves is a blessing. I pray that you will know that blessing of love and care in your life. But even if you don't, friends, even if this morning you really can't name anyone who has meant that much to you, here's the good news of Holy Scripture. Good news that's given to us from the psalmist that as wonderful as our earthly protectors are in this life, how much more so is the Lord our God, the one who is our refuge and our fortress, our God in whom we trust, the one who delivers us from the snare of the hunter and from the deadly pestilence, the one who promises to cover you with his pinions, so that under his wings you will find refuge. See, that's the thing, you see. This is what you find in the text. This is what we find in our lives, is that God is our mother eagle, yours and mine. Well, Psalm 91 that we read today, is often described, even in the scriptural text itself, as a psalm of assurance or a psalm of confidence. That is, confidence in the assurance of God's constant protection and of his security. And and that is a fascinating psalm, but one of the things that's very interesting about it is just how relentless the psalmist is about putting that across. Pastor and author Scott Hosey writes that, quote, to put it mildly, the language of Psalm 91 is unstintingly confident. There is no hesitation here, he says. There is not even a hint of proviso, caveat, or conditional phrase. Nowhere. In this psalm, do you hear the psalmist say or sing, well, okay, you know, maybe you will get killed, but then God will whisk you to heaven. Nothing like that there. No, the rhetoric of this psalm is very crisp and and, and to the point. Listen, Hosey says, he will save you. You will not fear. A thousand may fall, but it will not come near you. No harm will befall you. No disaster will come near you. You will not strike your foot against a stone. 
Really, when you read it, the psalm comes off sounding like uh, an ironclad guarantee, doesn't it? A guarantee that being a faithful follower of God well, is immediately going to make you immune from suffering and save you from anything and everything that comes. Of course, the problem with such an assertion as that is that you and I already know that things don't always work out this way. Sadly, all too often in this life, people get sick, people die. Accidents happen and violence takes its toll. And as the horrific fire in Maui has so tragically reminded us, even the most faithful amongst God's people will not always be spared amid such disasters. The fact is, and this is Scott Hosey again, most of us have already known enough grief, enough suffering, enough sickness and sorrow to hold on to this idea that no matter what happens, even if a thousand may fall on your left, 10,000 die at your right, these horrors won't come near you. We just know better. So, the question becomes then, what are we to do with this psalm? Or more to the point, what are we to do with this supremely confident assurance of God's protection? Truly, when it comes to how we deal with suffering, when it comes to this question of how and why bad things happen, there aren't any easy answers. But I think I can say this. And I believe this with all my heart. I believe that in the midst of questions such as these, here is where this incredible image of God the Mother Eagle comes into play. Ultimately, you see, the point is not that bad things happen. They do. And, and it's not because God wants bad things to happen. And it's certainly not because God is indifferent to our suffering. Because what the true promise of this psalm is that God is with us in that suffering. And moreover, God is for us in the midst of that suffering. Just as the mother eagle is relentless in delivering its young from the snare of the hunter, even at the risk of its own life, even as that eagle will actively cover the eaglets with her feathers, so God promises to protect us under his great wings. What this psalm beautifully reminds us is that God's faithfulness is constant and that God will form a shield around us. He will build a rock-solid wall to protect us. Yes, life brings its share of trouble. Yes, the danger is real. But as God's people we can live above the fear, and we can trust that God, our mother eagle, will always be there and is not going to let us fall. And the thing is, all we ever have to do for us to receive this is to call. It's no accident, you know, that this psalm ends with the words from the Lord's point of view. There are actually about four different points of view expressed in this whole psalm. And the last few verses comes from God himself. When he says, when they call to me, I will answer them. 
I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. It's worth noting, you know, that that in those verses of the psalm that talk about the image of God as an eagle, those first four verses or so, there are four different names for God that are used from the original Hebrew. First is God Most High, that is in Hebrew, Elyon. There's God Almighty, which comes from the word El Shaddai. The Lord, which is the name of God and is Yahweh. And then there's Elohim, which is another reverent name to use commonly in referring to a great and mighty God. And here's something else that's very interesting. Biblical scholars also point out that in the original Hebrew language and in the context of this particular psalm, those four names of God, they end up as a metaphor for God's constant and unending goodness and care. And it is goodness and care after the manner of a mother. This, that's amazing and wonderful. So often in the church, we get bogged down, you know, in the needless attribution of gender uh, to the divinity of God. I remember in seminary, that was one of the big issues, whether we should properly refer to God as father, why we should be calling God mother instead, as though we can kind of contain God to our definitions of gender. But here in this psalm, we have God directly and overtly portrayed as feminine, as a motherly figure feeding and protecting her children. Now, be clear here, friends, this is not about gender, not at all. But what it is about is the God whose nature it is to bless, to protect, to answer, to to be present in times of trouble, to rescue, to honor, and to grant long life and salvation. In the end, you see, it's all about love. It's about God's love. Just like the mother eagle. Well, one of the other memories I've been thinking a lot about over these past few weeks were about the handful of times over the years that I needed to call my mother and my father with with bad news. You know how it goes. So it was for us. Things weren't maybe going well at the time, and maybe something was happening with one of the kids. Uh, Everything was feeling a little uncertain in our lives. You know know the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Basically, it's the the stuff of life that you don't want to have to worry your parents about, the kind of things you wish you didn't have to tell them But really and truly, it was the stuff that they needed to know. You didn't want to have them hear it elsewhere. You needed to break the news to them yourself. And and as you can imagine, and maybe you've experienced this in your own life, I hated when I had to make those phone calls. And moreover, I'll confess to you here that those calls always made me feel pretty much like a complete failure as a grown-up, even as a son sometimes. The thing is, and here's what I remember about these phone calls, is every time 
I had to have a conversation like that with my parents. Inevitably, the conversation would turn from the gory details of whatever bad thing was happening at that moment to words of love and support that were so desperately needed at that moment. And later on, after we'd talked, uh, after the phone call was over, I'd feel better. Not because the problem had gone away or that my mom and dad made it all better, but because in that horrible situation, I'd been heard and cared for and prayed for and assured again and again and again that this too would pass. I will be forever grateful for that blessing in my life. Because you see, even as grown-ups, sometimes we need to be held in safety and in comfort. In the words of the hymn that we're just about to sing, friends, we need to be raised up as on eagle's wings. I hope and pray that as each one of us here navigate all of life's troubles, that we will have the grace and the courage to call out to God so that we might know that holy feeling of being raised up as on eagle's wings. And as we are, that we will know that our thanks be to God. Amen and amen. And that's the message entitled, God, the Mother Eagle. It was recorded during our August the 20th service of worship at East Church, where, by the way, you are invited to join us in person for worship this summer and always. Our worship happens every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock at the church on 51 Mountain Road, which is just off exit 16 of I-93 in Concord, New Hampshire. We are a small, mighty, and spirited congregation, and we would love to have the opportunity to welcome you. I know you'll be glad you came. And for now, that's it for this episode of the Love to Tell the Story podcast. I do thank you for listening today. And until next time, may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon.